The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This, this is Cowboys Storyline with Nick Eatman. What's up? It's time for Cowboys Storyline. I am Nick Eatman here. It's Wednesday, November the 15th. Let's get this thing rolling, Cowboys. Six and three, taking on the Carolina Panthers on Sunday in Carolina. It's not a place we've been to a whole lot, but, uh, you know, ironically, the Cowboys and Panthers have some some pretty memorable games, you know, um, some of them favorable for for carolina a couple of playoff wins there but um you know they they, they have a, a decent history of games and i think we're actually going to highlight that um on our on our website um on our rank them uh, kurt daniels does a nice job of doing that every week 10 memorable moments uh in w- whether it be in series history or maybe it's monday night games to, or, to, or after the bye depending on what we've got i think it is 10 10 games against the panthers and you know they they have have some pretty pretty memorable ones uh in this series and so it's always a fun place to to go to and uh in a good press box you know uh, as long as you don't eat too many donuts uh i did that once ended up with pink eye at halftime it happened real story 2007 um but um other than that pretty good uh pretty good place to be let's see if the cowboys can get to seven and three let's hear from you guys 888-855-2297 you can text at 817-290-3298 Let's don't waste any more time. Let's get right to the phone lines. Dylan in Northport, Florida, you're leading off. What's up? Hey, man. How's it going? It's going good. How are you? Good, man. Feeling good. Feeling good. Uh, This is my last call of the week. I'm heading up to Disney tomorrow. Can't call? I've got those tablets charging. Can't call from Disney? Call from the line. I want to hear... I don't know if you want to hear these kids in the car tomorrow, man. I don't know what they're, they might be asleep and screaming. Who, who knows? No, who knows I, I, I hear you. Be. Well, good luck with that. That is quite the journey. Uh, I'm glad my analogy actually played out truth to you uh, this week. And I uh, uh, feel sorry for your wallet because I'm sure it won't be cheap, but it'll be fun. It'll oh, be good man. memory. <laughs> Tell me about it. Yeah. yeah. And I hope that uh, Dak Prescott 2023 Super Bowl MVP ends up there, too, at, at the end of it. And we'll see. Okay. All right. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, Yeah, I just want to give you my score prediction, I guess, here, since this is my last call. And then uh, I just want to hand out some flowers for this season so far. All right. Um, So, oh, real quick, too, yesterday, Rob asked uh, favorite team. Mine was the 2014 Cowboys. That was a special season. It was the the second time, the last time I've cried over a football game, seeing Mm -hmm. Romo in that tunnel in the end with his family. You know, I'll hold it up. That Mm -hmm. That was hard to see. And it got stolen from them, honestly. You know, who knows what Aaron Rodgers would have done with the ball after that. But that could have been Romo's defining moment in his career. And, you know, it was it was taken. So, yeah. unfortunate. True. That was a fun team. And, and and I think what makes them those seasons fun is kind of like any movie you've ever seen about sports movies. I mean, what happens at the first of the sports movie? They suck, right? They're not very yep. good. This is going to be a bad year, whatever. And then, you know, all of a sudden, Jimmy Chipwood joins the Hoosiers, and then they win, and they win state. You know, that se- that season started out against the 49ers, and it was a sea of red, literally, and they couldn't beat the Niners, and Romo got hurt, and it looked bad, and it was like, this is going to be a bad year, and then, boom, they, they take off. So, you know, it was a movie that had a, yeah, bad, and- that had a bad ending. <laughs> 
horrible. It was a nightmare ending. Yeah. And that was that was uh, next level Romo. He was a field general at that point in his career. I mean, he was. I, he's never played like that in his career. That, that was the best he's ever been. I agree. So, uh, bold prediction for this week, man. I got uh, Tony Pollard hasn't scored since week one. He's going to get two touchdowns this week from at least 15 yards out. All right. <laughs> so nice to we'll see. We'll see less Pollard. We'll see less Pollard, but it'll be a better performance than what we're used to seeing. <clears throat> All right. uh, Panthers haven't scored more than 15 points the last three weeks, so that'll keep going. Uh, that trend will continue, and we'll go 31-10 Dallas. All right. 31-10. And then uh, – some flowers here, man. I'll go as quick as I can. I got a couple of them. I right. um, just want to shout out Jerry, Stephen, and Will. They've put together a competitive team for as long as I can remember. Um, they've been out of rebuild mode for a very long time. Um, this team, I don't know the last season that we've gone into a year. It's like, man, this team might finish 8-8. Eight eight. Like, they don't have anything going here. There's no talent. Um, it hasn't been that way in a very long time. And they get a lot of the blame when stuff goes wrong. And I don't hear a lot of their, their names mentioned when things are going right. So I just want to give them a shout-out for building a super deep team. We have some key injuries like uh, Trayvon, and we're, we're surviving. And we're not only surviving, we're, we're, we're thriving as well with guys like Bland. So shout-out to them for, for building this team. Uh, McCarthy, year started out bad on offense. And, you know, he recognized that something needed to change. And after that 49ers game, he really cut Dak loose and – we're seeing uh, a big development in this offense now. Just hopefully we can get that running game going. Maybe we see a little more dowdle, and, and that helps with that. But uh, this offense is like night and day right. from what it was just a few weeks ago. All right. Yep. All right. And then, uh, hey, last last one, man. I just want to give you some flowers, too, you and Derek and, and Chris, too. Chris is back there. He's killing it. Yep. Um, shout out to him. And then you, you and Derek, dude, I've been listening to you guys for a long, long time. And, you know, what you guys have said over the years, you've kind of shaped me, I think, into the fan I am today. And I was a young man, started listening to you guys, and I hear myself saying things that, you know, you guys say, having the kind of attitude that you guys have when I'm talking to other fans. And I'm like, yep, there goes my inner Nick, there goes my inner Derek, and and other guys too, Hellman and and Nikki Spags and Broadus. All you guys are great. So I appreciate all the work you've done over the years, man. Keep it up. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And um, thanks for saying that. And, uh, and, yeah, I'll take the flowers. I'll I'll put them right here appreciate that um dylan um yeah i mean that could be a scary thing you know to to your inner inner Derek or inner nick or whatever but i mean you know everybody kind of has their own perspective and i think that's what kind of makes these podcasts fun and and unique is that you can listen to one you know looking at the whole lineup here it's just it's just a different perspective each week and uh you know that that's what was fun about being on the break is just that you know it was it, it was always different Derek, Derek and i see it differently sometimes but for the most part, we we have a, the, the same view on on a lot of things, and that's probably us just sitting next to each other at every single game for the last twenty something years. Um, but but yeah, it, it, it's fun, and uh, we pre- I appreciate it. appreciate the call. Thank you so much. Uh, a lot of good stuff there. All right, let's keep rolling here. Uh, Irene in Virginia is our next caller. Irene, are you there? I'm here. Hi. <laughs> hey, next Irene from uh, Falls Church, Virginia. How you doing? Good, good. We, uh, I'm on the air, right? You are. You're, you're right. Okay. You're rolling. Let's, let's do this. Okay. Awesome. Okay, first time caller. All right. Um, I've met you before, was- right? I've met you in at a at a Washington game, right? You did. Yeah. All right. You're okay. And I'm hoping I don't sound as awkward as I did there because I was. I, I used to work security. I'm, I'm in real estate now. I used to work Ooh. security, and I've never been more starstruck than seeing like you all and the team. I mean, I've, I've like, escorted random people, celebrities, yeah. and it didn't hit me. But anyway. Yeah. Um, you all and the so, team. That That's awesome. <laughs> so, well, 
Well, it's weird. You guys, I mean, you said 25 years, right? Right. Um, I feel like we get to know you guys even more. The players don't really last that long, unfortunately. Um, But, uh, yeah, so I've been listening, though, since this, uh, well, before this show, obviously, other shows and following you. Um, I was nervous, though, when you you were off the break. I was like, so I resisted the first couple weeks because I was so nervous. But this show's been awesome, so thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate um, that. You guys have you guys have helping me uh, get get through this for this first year. It's been a lot of fun, and yeah, that the first the first few episodes out in Oxnard were you know didn't have the fans. I, I had players, which was which was good too. So kind of wondering how it's going to be when I get back to Oxnard next year. We'll have we'll have players again, and and, and less uh, from the fans. Unless you guys just want to come out to Oxnard, come out to Oxnard. I'll put you on the air. That's so. awesome. <laughs> but the, the players were great too in the summer. Sure. Um, all right, start with this. Brett the Hitman Hart. The best Ooh. there is, the best there was, Ooh. the best there ever will be. <laughs> I just got um, done watching a documentary not too long ago on the Montreal screw job. I just saw uh, that. Man. Yeah. It's, that's pretty cool, too, because it's like wrestling's fake, whatever, but it's still a business. And that, that was an interesting documentary if you haven't seen that one. Um, yeah, I, ha- pretty, I have. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I'm not a wrestling fan as much anymore because of that. So. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Um, okay, for me, I wrote down notes like the caller from yesterday said. So for me, the most iconic, so I, I, I'm 37. So, you know, sometimes people are like, oh, your team with the 90s. I'm like, that was my dad and brother's team. Right. I rooted for them. I did see some Super Bowls kind of as a kinda. as a child. But, you know, that Emmett Smith shoulder game, though, is one of the most vivid memories I have. And he was my favorite player growing up. But I will say, as the team became more of my own as I got older, it became Darren Woodson because he was that. He was like the only one there. Him and I guess George Teague, I think, lasted for a while um, as he started to get into the 2000s. But um, he's my guy for that. Uh, idea for a topic maybe in the off season is having people talk about how they became fans. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, and then yeah. I don't think I have a question for you because I was like I have too many comments. So that's okay. <laughs> I'll just I'll try to call in more often, though. All right. Well, I appreciate that. Thanks so much, Irene. Thank you for the call and um, that Emmett shoulder game. You know, hey, Chris Bean, what do you think we should do a documentary on that game? Oh, we have. We actually did uh, do one on that uh, a few years ago. Uh, Chris and I worked uh, a lot of long hours at training camp getting that, getting that documentary out. Uh, it was nominated for an Emmy. We did not win it, but uh, we were really proud of it. Called The Cold Shoulder. Uh, as Emmett gave the Giants the cold shoulder on that day in January, helped them win a championship. Uh, good stuff there. Uh, let's go to some text questions, questions here. Um, Doug from Florida, what will be the focus for the Carolina game? Continue to work on the run game. I like the idea of sharing the carries. Seem to work well, but need to see more than once. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, I think this is a game that you, you can run the ball. I mean, I think Carolina's stats are a little deceiving. They're, they're only, I think they're like fifth or sixth in the league in passing yards against them. But then again, they're one and eight and teams are, are winning by a decent margin there. So they're not all close games. So you're obviously not going to be throwing the ball uh, at a high level at the end of the game. So that could be some of it, but still, I think teams have been able to run the ball and this could be a good week that they do that. Uh, another one, Dan from Philly. He wants a birthday shout out for his wife, Michelle. Happy birthday, Michelle. Um, thanks for um, for listening, or and, and and Dan obviously, or letting Dan listen as well. This is your day. Um, 
uh, you guys have have a great one. Uh, happy birthday to Michelle. Another storyline. This is from um, Jeff in Mount Airy, Maryland. He said, uh, "Good morning, Sunday at Ca- uh, Carolina home game for the Cowboys?" Question mark. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think it'll be a lot of Cowboy fans. I don't know about home game, but certainly will be a lot of a lot of Cowboy fans there. It's greatest of all time. He says, "Stallback is throwback is Jay Saldy." Nice. Random is Pepe Zellner. Zellner. Love that one. And uh, favorite wrestler, King Kong Bundy. Uh, good stuff. I love Pepe Zellner. I thought he was going to be better. I mean, he he was a get-off-the-bus guy. I mean, get him first off the bus, you're like, dang. Like, you know, just not like the – he was tall, but not like the biggest, but just – like mean, you know, like really when he had that switch, it would be pretty good. Random fact. This is this is this is how my mind works. This is in I think it was two thousand, the Cowboys had four players on the team. Four players on the team that had Z E L L in their name. Zell. Four players. Z E L L. One of them was Pepe Zellner. Maybe you guys can get some of the others as we go through the show. All right, Curtis in Oklahoma, you're next. Hey, good morning. What's up? Not much. Just thought I'd uh, call in, you know, and represent for Oklahoma today. All right. <laughs> you know, I lived there. I lived there for about seven years. I lived in Oklahoma. I was going to ask where you lived at. Miami. It's not Miami. It's spelled like <laughs> right. Miami, but it's Miami. Very, very <laughs> northeast corner in Oklahoma. Lived there for about seven years, but most of my 80s life in uh, Oklahoma. You got to get that right. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Not to be confused with Miami. A little bit different. Been to both. Different different places, for sure. Uh, just a few things I wanted to say is I want to see black uniforms. Okay. Black pants, black jersey, black helmet. On um, on who? Like Colorado on, or, or like on the no, Cowboys? No, no, no. For the Cowboys, yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and uh, uh, I'll throw my all-time great Cowboys out there. When I was younger, I lived in Kansas City, and it was uh, it was Dion. Like seeing him high step to the right. end zone and dancing, uh, yeah. you know, in his touchdowns uh, really resonated with me. But now that I'm older, um, it's Troy Aikman. And uh, I just remember seeing a clip of him on the sideline, like, just ripping people out. Like, these people don't care, and these people don't give an F, and coaches aren't giving an F, and we got to play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's <laughs> talking about, he's talking about more... Switzer. That's what he was talking about, for sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think that's a little more my temperament now that I'm older. <laughs> you know, it's so funny about that. Uh, I know you have other questions, too. I'll, I'll just say this. I was walking past. They they have a. Uh, if you ever been to the Star here at, um, in Frisco, it's pretty awesome. And they have um, tours that they give out. You know, walking around. And one of, part of the tour is that they show uh, uh, scouting reports. They actually have the scouting reports of certain players. It turns to the page. It's the real scouting report written by Jim Garrett, Jason Garrett's dad, who was a longtime scout on Troy Aikman. And one of his scouting report things that he put in there coming out of college was that a negative is is that he's too hard on himself. He thinks every pass should be a perfect pass. And if it's not, that he spends hours and hours trying to correct it. I'm like, that's a negative, <laughs> you know, like that, but right. th- that was his negative right there. So um, that seems like a guy that might be in the hall of fame one day, which he certainly turned out to be. So what else you got, Curtis? I was just uh, surprised when it came to random players that nobody said taco. And that's all I got. <laughs> yeah, um, no, they they didn't. No one said that. I think uh, he he doesn't have that um, that fun loving like. Oh, remember Taco? Remember? No, no, not not so much. Um, 
But I, to this day, I, I think if his name was was Michael, uh, you know, uh, Michael Charlton, I don't think he would be a first-round pick. I, I don't know. I, I'm not saying that. I just think there was something about the novelty of the whole thing, and he was a decent, good good size and all that stuff. You know, let's go get Taco Charlton, and, and uh, it, it just, just didn't work out. All right, um, Sebastian in Savannah, Georgia. Sebastian. What's up? Good morning, mister. How you doing there, Mr. Eamon? Good. How are you? Doing very well. Uh, hanging with the boys used to be the people show, man. It's it's pretty much changed to corners now. I love that you guys gave a voice to the voiceless. What now? What'd you say? I said I said hanging with the boys used to be the people show. I said it's pretty much a changing of the tides after this uh, storylines came out. You know, I love that you guys gave the people a voice. There's some some really wise voices yeah. out there. Well, I have I a mean, question for you. Go ahead, go ahead, Sebastian. Yeah, my question is this: You've been around for a couple of regimes now, okay. and I would like to know how you would say the cultural shift has happened with Mike McCarthy's team versus some of the past teams. One thing that I really like is he allows young players to play. Mm-hmm. Something that I always thought hurt in the Jason Garrett era was they were very veteran dominant. And uh, you've been here for a couple changing of the tides now. I'd like to know how he compares to some of the other regimes that you've lived through. And you have a great day, and I'll listen. All right, thank you. Um, you know what? Someone asked a, a similar question yesterday, and uh, just to like compare the two. And uh, it, it was harder than I thought, you know, just, just to sit down and think about the, the differences because, yes, coaches are, are different, but overall, it, it, it's kind of the same. The, the mindset and the philosophy hasn't really changed. And so um, when, you, when you think about things that you see and, and you know, Will McClay's been here for a, a lot of years, obviously Jerry and Steven. So this is kind of... You know, not to steal Montel's line, but this is you know this is how we do it. I mean, it's kind of like that. And then, from a coach's, you know, from a philosophy standpoint, players that they they bring in. One thing that that I that I think is noticeably different between the two is that McCarthy, having been in the league, you know, from another team. See, that's something Jason Garrett. He wasn't. I think he was with the Dolphins for a couple of years, but like you know, he was with the Cowboys for a long time. McCarthy saw it from a different perspective, and so when there were players, veteran guys, you see the Cowboys get a lot more of these veteran players uh, from other teams, moves that they would never kind of make before. But the last few years, you know, I, I don't think the a Garrett team would have just picked up Anthony Barr, you know, or Jason Peters or or Xavier Rhodes or you know, just guys like that, big names you typically don't get, but. This guy's played against him, you know, like he played against him for a long time and, and having Dan Quinn in, things like that. So, you know, that, that that's another thing that you saw a lot of uh, head coaches on the staff, too. Uh, when McCarthy first got here, I think there was five guys that had been head coach at other teams before. So, you know, it's that's just a lot of experience, a lot of leadership. Um, th- those are good questions, though, and it's really not one to just sit there and, 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 and you know, kind of spout off here in a few minutes uh a little bit more philosophical uh hope i answered it well but but i don't know about that one all right let's go to uh doug in springfield illinois doug what's hey, up hey nick how Hi. you doing Nick? good how are you doing i'm doing great thank you got congratulations on your show man thank, appreciate it. is this first time call yeah, first time call all right yeah. first yeah, time yeah we're yeah, gonna create to a the, drop Bean, we gotta create a drop for first stadium. time calls what now you've been to the new stadium I was there in 09. I saw that uh, awesome 7-6 to six win over the Redskins. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, my comment is this. After, uh, after watching the struggles with Steele, 
uh, especially during the Eagles game, I was having flashbacks to Chaz Green, and I was hoping that they just stick somebody out there to help him out a little bit, especially on the you know last few drives. They knew he was struggling, and that's just an adjustment I hope they make going forward. If you know if if they start seeing a situation like that occur. You know uh, that that they'll give the guy a little help. Um, yeah. I mean, maybe it would have been a different outcome if they just you know have somebody chip there a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't think anything's as bad as that game. The, I mean, the Chad's Green. I mean, it's okay to have no, the flashbacks, sure. but it wasn't that. Okay, that was just completely. I mean, the Eagles. The guy who was blocking is going to be in the Pro Bowl. You know, I mean, like like Reddick. I mean, I mean. He he's a great player, and he was a great player before this game. The guy, do you remember the guy that had six sacks against Chess Green? Do you remember the, who it was? Um, See, that's oh, the, I can't that, think of his name right now. That's, but I, and that's the problem. The, that that's why it was so bad. It w- wasn't a guy that Adrian Claiborne. Okay, yeah. It sure was Adrian Claiborne. I think he had eight sacks on the year and six in that yeah. game. So right. you know that, that that's kind of a, a, an issue. It's not like you're giving up six sacks to Lawrence Taylor here, uh, even though he looked like it in that well, game. So yeah, I mean, I I, I get it. They they could have helped a little bit more. Um, it, it not it's it's tough because you know you you, you want to get all these guys involved. You you want to you want to move the football, move the chains. This is kind of what you have, and so by doing that, it, it shifts the the offense a little bit, but. It had to. It had to be done. It needed to be done because they've got playmakers. You know, you, if you shore up this offensive line, I think Cooks can get open for sure. Gallup, obviously, CD. I think it's more important to make sure the line is shored up, and then, and then from there, you go and, and let your playmakers play. Hey, and I love the direction they're going. Uh, I really do. I think they've kind of hit their stride at the right time, and and uh, it, it's looking good. Not going to ruin my turkey this year with the Commanders, and uh, and DC for life, baby. Like I said, right. congratulations on the show, Nick. It's Thank great. You. Thank you. Appreciate All that right. for the first Take time care. caller. Thank you. That is Doug in Illinois. All right, let's keep it going here. We've got Bruce in Houston. Bruce. Hey, Nick. Good morning. How you doing, Good morning. buddy? How you doing? I'm doing fine. You know, I I want to first give a shout-out to all the listeners. You know, Cowboys, I've been a Cowboy fan since 65, so that's how old I am. Mm-hmm. And through the years, you know, when Staubach and Landry were there, you know, they were docile Cowboy fans, but obviously the uh, social media has made that different. But especially here in Houston, I mean, we're Cowboy fans are hated, you know, because of the Oilers and all that stuff, but that's a whole different story. But it it seems like Cowboy fans always get, you know, they're obnoxious and it's all about them and we're always going to the Super Bowl. But I tell you, listening to your listeners, and I include myself there as well, they're very, uh, you know, articulate and they uh, ask good questions. I, I've been really impressed. I wish some of the other people would hear this. But yeah, so me too. kudos to all those that are calling me. Yeah. Me too. I, I, I'll say this. I, I've been very impressed as well. I, and, and, and the fans are, I mean, there's some smart fans I mean, out here. The, sure. You guys know. I mean, I feel, you know, I'm a fan of, of my team. I feel like I'm a smart fan of, of, of my team, <laughs> what's going on, you know. And, um, and, and, and the same goes here. And, and I've learned a lot. This has really helped me. This year has really helped me because it, it, it gives me an idea of, yeah, you might think about this perspective and you talk to other media people and, and people on our podcast, but you really get a good pulse of what's going on from what the fans' perspective as well, and, and, and which isn't wrong because 
Because when you think about it, the, the podcast that we do, the articles we write for, it's for the fans. It's for you guys. And so it's great yeah. for me to understand. You know, it's only 10 to 12, 15 maybe opinions a day. But it adds sure. up over time, and you kind of get a good idea of what's going on. So I, I appreciate it. Just as much as you guys appreciate it, saying thanks for the show, I say thank you because it's really helped me this year as well. Well, and, you know, I, when I'm watching the game, sometimes I go to blogging the boys, and then, you know, they have that constant thread going on, man. <laughs> Some of the fans, I don't know if they're yeah. drinking or not, but, man, they one play they want to fire everybody, and then the next they want to, you know, hand them the keys to yeah. the kingdom. But yeah. uh, And that's fans. That's, that's why they're – Call yeah, I mean, but, that, yeah, that's what happens. Yeah, and you know, though, as far as the running, I, do I want to see? Uh, it's been talked at nauseum uh, about Pollard being the bell cow. Well, he's not a bell cow. That's just not right. what he is, and mm-hmm. I, I still think he's hurting from that injury. But uh, when you combine the two players together with their numbers, that's you know, I don't know where they'd be on the you know, uh, yeah. yards wise, other players, but probably comparable. I mean, but. I think Ron Jones was going to be that uh, Ezekiel Elliott, if you will, tough yards. Uh, I don't know if he's still playing. I know they cut him because of the trouble, but I think that's what they initially had was maybe him going for the short yardage just because that's where they're. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline they're hurting inside the five but that's why i said a couple of weeks ago man i really want them to use a higher draft pick maybe not first but second yeah. or third for sure and get a get a stud running back uh i mean that's what this team needs and and you're gonna have to every four years i'm sorry that's just the nature of the position they don't last more than six years there's no more emmett smith yeah. out there that lasts 12 and you just got to you know draft one every four years i'm sorry it is what it is unless the Players Association could change that to where it's uh, every three, you know, three years they can get a contract instead of four Some, because something needs to change. You know. Yeah, there's no doubt about Good it. Good show, Nick. Yeah. Thank See you. you later. Thank you, Bruce. Um, yeah, I agree. I, I think there's some there's some things that need to need to happen for sure uh, with the running back position because it's such a important position. It, it's very you know it's popular to fans and all that. And, you know, it's tough because, you know, the way the teams are just looking at it from a different perspective. But um, I think there's some things that the NFLPA and the NFL can do about that position. Maybe it's something to do with um, the amount of touches uh, that, that you get, you know, some kind of, in, you know, because they do have performance bonuses, you know, based off of what you're making and how much you played. Like, for instance, a guy like Deron Bland, you know, he, he's probably going to get a performance bonus on top of his salary every year now because of you know, his fifth round pick, second year. He's not making less. He's less making less than a million in base salary. But look, look what he's doing. So you get performance bonuses there. Maybe they, they can do some kind of calculation on the amount of touches you get or, or snaps you're getting. Um, relative to, to that, or you know, there's got to be something I think that, that you can do because um, you know it's a very very high profile position, it's just not getting paid the same, which is unfortunate. All right, I got some text message questions here. David from Fort Worth, would you really put someone on the show if they fly out to Oxnard? Uh, because my family could use a vacation. LOL. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I 
we'll have to see about that. Here I am just throwing out, you know, extra passes for people. But we can figure something out. We can figure something out on people, especially especially ones that are diehard listeners that that are that are fans of the show. Um, yeah, we can figure some 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 fan uh, part portion of of every day. Yeah, we'll, we'll let us let us work on that. We'll, let's get through uh, let's get through the season, figure that out. But yeah. Um, I think David in Fort Worth is the one with the newborns. So he's already talking about vacation. Oh, okay, been there. All right, um, Chris in, in Wisconsin. Uh, reading this, Chris, I mean, I wonder, did I type this? Did I type this before or is this from Chris in Wisconsin? Because this seems like some, something that I would write. His, he, he's got his favorite cowboy, any 88, Tootsall Jones, and Tony Dorsett, which, of course, is mine. Favorite game of all time, 92 championship game against the Niners. Agreed. Uh, favorite play, Alvin Harper's catch in that game. Agreed. Uh, Cowboys chose me after that catch in the 81 championship game. I can remember that game as well. I was about six years old, I, but I remember that game and just just the fact that they had lost and it was tough. So I'm with you here. He's, he's a huge Rocky fan, and his favorite wrestler is Thunderlips, which is Hulk Hogan in Rocky three, Chris, you and I need to hang out. I feel like we already have. Uh, good stuff. All right. Seventh caller we got is Nigel in Arizona. Nigel, what's up? What's up, Nick? How you doing, brother? Good. How are you? Very well. Nice to hear your voice once again. Uh, real simple, real quick. Um, red zone, right? You know, obviously, we're having these issues trying to punch the ball in. And I know you're not the... You know, the magician who can answer everything. But my question is, why not uh, Hunter? I mean, we drafted the guy as an all-around fullback. Once in a while you see him in there, but they never give give him the ball. I think he's proved enough. I think he's tough enough. And, you know, we've given it to Dow. We've given it to Pollard. Why don't we try giving it to Hunter? That's it. That's all I got for you today, um, Thanks, all right, appreciate that. You know, I kind of thought at some point they they would give the give the ball to him a little bit more. I thought I thought he would, um, you know, have a role in the offense um, as a runner. Uh, I think they're they're still just kind of working through some things. I mean, let's okay, let's be honest about Hunter Lipke. Now he didn't just come in to the to the league and preseason and all that and wasn't just lighting it up. Like the last game of the season is what you remember last preseason game. He had a couple of nice plays, and he I think he made the team. I don't think he was on the team before that performance. Um, I think it was very close. I mean, it, for the first couple of games, it looked like it was a little too big for him. So, But he, give him credit. I mean, he's North Dakota, I mean, or, or North Dakota State. I mean, you know, and it, it's a transition from, from that to the NFL. So he's still working on some things, but, I mean, I think they've got to figure out, like, what he is. Is he a big running back, or is he – an undersized fullback, you know, because if he's going to play fullback, he's going to probably need to put on a few more pounds if that's going to be his role and be a blocker and kind of be a linebacker type body, if you will, for special teams and one of those core players, which he, he could do. Or do you want to keep him like he is and just let him develop more as a running back? So, um, you know, I, he, he's he's a he's a rookie. I mean, he's still he's still working on things. I, you know, I don't I don't know if he's necessarily the answer. Um, he's a bigger back, but remember, bigger backs take a little bit of little bit more time to get to that hole. You know, that's always the the question: is it is it better to to have a big back that can plow through people, 
or a quick back that gets the hole when it's there and hits it and, and then can get a few more yards as well. And that's the good thing about Zeke because for most of his career, Zeke was able to do both and, and did it at a, at a very, very high level. All right, um, some questions here. Um, for, this is who we got. Mario from South Texas. He says, favorite player all time, Darren Woodson. Agree. Random player, Chris Brazel. He graduated from the same high school as me 12 years prior, caught a slant from Aikman and took it almost to the length of the field when he finally got a chance to play. His favorite wrestler is Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Brandon Cook's production is sustainable. Or was it is it sustainable or was it a great matchup versus a bad defense? I think it is sustainable. I think I mean he's a great player. This guy's been a great player at a lot of different stops. He knows how to get open. He knows how to work with he's he's very friendly for each offense. So yes, I think they can do that. I think they're figuring things out. Sure, it was not a good defense, but um, you know, they put up a lot of points. That's a lot of yards. And and everyone got a chance to get involved. So that that was good about that. Um Chris Brazel, interesting that you mentioned him because what I said earlier about the four players on one team with the had Z E L L in their name, Chris Brazel is one of them, as is Pepe Zellner. We've got two more to go. See if we can get those names mentioned at some point. All right. Uh we got Ronnie in Jersey. What's up? Hey. Good morning, Nick. Uh eleventh or twelfth time caller. Um <laughs> I think it's more than uh, that, honestly. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't sure, so I was like, let me just throw a number out. I like it. I, I, I like that. And, 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 you know, you guys know, I love the first-time callers because that means we're adding and, you know, we're growing the show and all that stuff. I appreciate the 18th-time callers just as much. I really do. You can't have – you need a combination of both. Just like veterans, you need rookies. You need to mix them all in together. Hey, Nick, you, we could be calling, like um, – Every day, but I'm telling you, even for for us, for the guys that have been calling, it's hard to get on. You gotta like, I gotta keep on hitting that button, you know, like 50 times before I get on the. When you guys uh, go through, you need the secret number, don't you? Do you not have the secret number? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. We don't. <laughs> beams, beams in the back, like what? What the hell are you talking about? I'm just kidding. There's no secret number. Eight 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 five five two two nine seven. That's been the number for a long time. Oh, he got it like crazy. Yep. Um, Nick, I, I was going to say, um, the one thing that I keep on seeing that I think we got to fix with this team is, is penalties, man. Like, they, they keep on committing penalties in this game. Yeah, you know, it was a clean game in the first half, but the only reason we gave up that touchdown, I think it was because of the penalties when, when, when they got that, the, the, seven, the first, uh, touchdown, uh, it was all penalties, 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 uh, yeah. you know, back back. If they clean up those penalties, this is a good team. I mean, we could hang with anybody. I think we could beat the good, those teams that we haven't been able to beat if we just clean up, play clean. That's all. They, they, the offensive line starting to click, which is a great time of year. Like everybody always said, right? November is when you want to see you are who you are in November. Mm-hmm. And from from this point on, if they just keep on, uh, I don't agree with one of the callers. He said uh, Tony uh, Tony Pollard shouldn't be the uh, the primary, we should start giving Dotto the ball. No, 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 no. Tony Pollard is our primary. You just got to you gotta use Tony Pollard the same way you used him last year and the year before that. Well, hold up. That's- hold up. I think what what the caller said was that he's not a bell cow. He's not the guy that's going to get 30 carries. He's not just – you just keep giving him the ball – you know, and he gets stronger as the game goes on. I think, and then that's kind of what you're saying. I think that's what he's saying. He is the lead back. 
but you got to be smart with him, and he's got he needs a little bit more help than maybe some other number one backs get. I think that's what he's saying, and I think you're saying the same thing. Exactly. You need that bruiser like we had with Seek. Seek was the bruiser, and Tony Pollard came in, and, and you know you saw right. different styles. And and we have Bottle is not as big as Seek, but I mean, have you seen? You see how he runs in between the tackles. This guy yeah. is runs hard. He runs hard. He runs he's angry. Hard. Yeah, he hits people. He's not you know you know I'm gonna get hit and that's it. No, he keeps on. He fights for those yards. Uh, that's that's what I'm seeing. And aside from that, uh, Nick, if one more thing I wanted to say, I know we we've been. I I like. Dak, I'm, I don't. I uh, I don't love Dak. I love Dak because he's in my team. That's it. But uh, Dak, there was that one interception that he threw. It seemed like that was a predetermined pass when, when he threw it because he threw it right into double coverage. And man, that gave me a little flashback back to that 49ers game. Mm-hmm. Um, are you seeing it the same way? Like it seemed like they were playing man, but they went into zone real quick. And and as soon as he he just threw it out there, no matter what, like he just. Yeah. It, I mean, there's no way you can't see two guys in front of you. Yeah, I mean, it was it was one. Thanks for the call, Ronnie. Um, it, yeah, it was one from the press box. As soon as he threw it, you could kind of see, like, uh oh, this is this is bad, just because the 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 defender had kind of a a read on it from the start. Uh, you know, one thing I think has always got to be important, and this isn't this isn't just a excuse for Dak or any quarterback, but you also got to remember. Our view from the TV screen or even from the press box or whatever, this up high view, you know, is it's not the same. Sometimes when you say this guy was wide open, you know, like um, he missed he missed Ferguson right over the middle. You know, you didn't see him. You know, you had the guy right over here. Well, yeah, I mean, there's a hand right here. Like, like, yeah, there's a reason why I didn't see him there. And we don't always look at that. You don't always look at what the vision of the quarterback is. It's not an excuse on Dak. There's times, yeah, the read is there. He he went there. I mean, he missed them, kind of like the Cooks over the middle, um, you know, against the Eagles with Schoonmaker there. I mean, I think if 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 the read from the start was was you know these guys are going to cross and he's going to be wide open, that's what I would have started with, and I think he would have been there for a touchdown. But sometimes you you need to remember. Same with the receiver. The guy's about to catch the ball, and it's like, yeah, how do he drop it? Well, the defender's hand. I mean. Sometimes you got to you got to view on what the player is seeing uh, too. You got to be fair about about that thing. I'm not saying that for this interception. I'm just that's just a point in general. Sometimes I think people need to remember that. All right, next caller we've got is Dallas in Duval. That's me, Mister Nick. How you doing? Where's Duval? Jacksonville. Jacksonville. Okay, got it. Oh, Jacksonville. I was thinking, what, what town is that? Got it. Got it. Got it. Jacksonville. <laughs> yeah, got yeah, you. First time. First time call a long time listener. Boom. Love it. First first time call a long time listener. All right. Um I got some Oh, I like hey they ding. Hey, all right. Yeah. I'm the yeah. first one to get it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When, when you say something um, that Chris approves of, boom. Like like for instance, like the best producer we've ever had, Chris Bean. It's for Chris sure. Bean. Right. There you go. Hey, all right. Um <laughs> He works his butt I, I off. Got, I, I got I got a trivia thing. Well, it's not even trivia. It's just a, just a fact. Here. Okay. What do you got? Um, Romo started his game. His first career start was against Carolina in, in 06. Sure. Romo's last game to start in the regular season was against Carolina Thanksgiving. Mm. Yeah, that's when he got hurt. I, that's his last start. That's right. Yeah. That's right. 
Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, sure. Why? Why did I not ever know that? I mean, that that seems I very. Know, I, I thought maybe I thought I thought maybe you were gonna write about it. So, uh, well, there you go. Yeah, there's something to write about. Um, maybe. Yeah, 2015. That was that was, that was his, his last start. Yeah. Um, is man. Romo is Romo doing the game this week? Doubtful. <laughs> no, very This is this is this is like Fox's fifth crew, probably. I would think. Yeah, you never know. I could find. Actually, it is, it, it, it's Greg Olson and, and them guys again. Oh, he's just going home. This is the number one crew for Fox, but of course Olson, Olson being a former Panther, I mean, when else is he going to go cover the game? So yeah, that makes sense. Kind okay. of. And my favorite, my favorite player uh, on defense was uh he's like a I don't know every time I bring his name up to Mickey. Or Brian, they like you know they change the subject. They don't talk about him. It's Jay Ratliff. He was he was one of my favorite players. He was he was mean. I never seen him smile. He started the gorilla slump, the gorilla stomp. Mm-hmm. He, he, was, he was he was he was the man. He was very 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 mysterious. I love him. Yeah. And uh, Parcel. And and maybe you can bring this up to fans that wanted Pollard in last year. You know, wanted him more because Zeke was old, Zeke was slow. It was everything. Mm-hmm. But they said the same thing when Randall came in for for Marco for Demarco. They said the same thing with when 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 Felix and they wanted Marion. Marion they wanted Felix and Felix on and Marion and on and exactly. on. It's they, the they wanted they wanted Hambrick. They wanted they wanted Hambrick. They wanted everybody. So yep. just remember, I said it yesterday. Uh, you know, fresh legs get you know fresh legs get the baby. <laughs> you know, fresh legs is, is the thing. So uh, thank again, thank yeah. you again, and. Now, I love you, All right, appreciate that. You're right about that. We say it a lot. The backup running back always gets the love, always has been. Doesn't matter what the running back has done uh, in, in his career. It's what he can do now. And it's just something about when the guy comes in, he's fresh. He's ready. It's it's like it, – it's almost like – you know, people look at it, you know, like a reliever that comes in in baseball. Like, well, why don't we just pitch this guy? This guy comes in throwing 100, you know? Well – because he's fresh and he's only going to play for a little bit. So, yeah, he can throw it for 100. I mean, so it's a little different. I, I, maybe that's not the best analogy, but it's just that yeah, guy looks different when he's been sitting there for a while. Who can, can can sustain it? We're finding out, you know, with Tony Pollard, it's tougher to do that. I don't know if he's lost a step. I just think he gets hit a lot more uh, than, than he has. And, uh, and I think maybe he's a little bit better as a change of pace back comes in. Uh, but that's not the role that they have for him right now. All right, Reggie in Germany is our next caller. Reggie, what's up? Hey, Chris. Back at you. What's up, man? What's up? I'm Nick, but that's okay. Nick, Nick uh, no, I got you. Know what happened? Because when I called in, Nick called me Nick. Uh, Chris called me Chris, and I said, "No, Chris, I'm Reggie. This you're, you're Chris." So that's why when I got to you, I'm still thinking Chris. I'm, I'm sorry, confused. Nick. I have no idea what's going on, but we've got Reggie in Germany. Okay. <laughs> what's up, man? <laughs> me too, man. I'm confused too. Listen, I'm calling with a suggestion for you. All right, you you you, you should ask the fans what <clears throat> what made them. A cowboy fan. That's the second time I've heard this today. I got this new idea. Reggie, let's start it off. Reggie. Okay. What made you a Cowboys fan? When did you become a Cowboys fan? Don't yeah, don't go too long on the story. Don't go too long. Just No, no, no. I'm going to hit you real quick. All right. I, um, I became a Cowboys fan this way. My father um, finally got the color TV back in 1967. Uh, okay. That's how, that's how long I've been a Cowboys okay. fan. And so my brother and I decided to pick teams to be fans of. My brother picked the team in green and, and gold, and I picked the team in blue and white. Oregon? Yep. No, that's Cowboys. Cowboys in right. blue and white, and he picked the Green Bay Packers. Got it. 
And so the, the, the game I remember is the Ice Bowl in 67. Mm. And I still hate Jerry Kramer to this day. Okay. Yeah. Because <laughs> he dogged Jeff O'Pew. They Everybody dogged Jeff O'Pew for that play. Jerry Kramer admitted years later that he started, he was offside. He All started start. early. Yeah. Right? Right. And Jeff, it wasn't Jeff Rose's fault. He couldn't get footing in the ice. And um, I cried over that game. So that's how I became a Cowboy fan. And I've been a Cowboy fan ever since. Awesome. That's awesome. So here, here's the question. Another question if I got for you, sure. for you Nick, real quick. They'll let you go. Sure. Um, it, it, do you guys talk to Jerry often? Because here's the deal. Every, all those games are being played down in, in Germany. They're all being played down in the south of Germany, way far away from the, from the north side of Germany. And Hamburg is the, is the most beautiful city in Germany. It's got a lot of cowboy fans, huge amount of cowboy fans, and um, yeah, there's a there's a golden gorgeous stadium called the AOL Arena to play the games, and we need to get some games up north. You know, not everything down south. Okay. You know, we we need to try and get get some some love, show some love up north for for, for some games. <laughs> So okay. I'm kind of stuttering today. It's all right, <laughs> kind of it's all right. What's going on? Well, I, I appreciate it. Thanks, for, thanks for the call. I know, and and thanks for uh, being a fan way over there in Germany. Now he wants he wants North Side Germany, uh, not just uh, not just in South Germany. He wants to, wants to spread it out a little bit. First game, first time that they've played over there. I guess this is the second year they played over there. Uh, but I don't know if that's a Jerry. I mean. Jerry is on the committee. He's a, he's a longtime owner. I mean, I'm sure he has a voice on it right now. I think right now they're excited to be over there and playing. Uh, maybe they'll they'll spread it around a, a little bit uh, in Germany. But uh, thanks for the call. Thanks for telling us where you, you became, when you became a fan, and how. And that's tough to do. You know, it's tough to do to, to be a Cowboy fan uh, off a, a loss. That's the second time someone has said that. Uh, the catch, and, and then also uh, the ice bowl. Um, you know, any game that has a name to it, you know, like the catch game or the ice bowl game, um, no, nobody's got more names uh, than the Raiders. The Raiders have about seven games with names associated with them. Uh, but yeah, anytime you got those are obviously memorable, they stick with you good or bad. All right. Chris in Georgia is next. All right. Hey, Nick, how you doing? How you doing? First time caller. Yes, sir. First time caller. Boom. <laughs> Love All it. Right. So, yeah. So, um, originally from New York, uh, I've only been in Georgia. Well, I've been in Georgia about just about fourteen years. Okay. But uh, growing up in New York, uh, you know, being a Cowboys fan, not a really good thing. You know, um, caught a lot of flack for that. Um, I'm, I'm 58, so I don't think I really had a choice as to who my team was going to be because my mom is from Texas. I actually got a lot of family in Wichita Falls. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, so, you know, the Cowboys was my team by default. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so, you know, favorite player, of course, the reason why I wore 33, Tony Dorsett, but also, um, what was the, the, uh, the, the player, the, uh, um, who, who wore 33 before Dorsett? Calvin, um, I mean, Dwayne Thomas. Dwayne Thomas. Good and great. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. I'm sorry. I forgot his name. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, and, you know, in terms of um, Mike McCarthy, I think, um, you know, because of this time of the season, I mean, it's been a while since he called plays. 
right? You're so, right. you know, I think he's kind of getting his sea legs under him, you know, and maybe, you know, he was a little rusty early on and, and, and really wasn't in tune with everything. But, you know, you know, I don't think it's so much the team getting, you know, you know, executing better in terms of that. I think he's calling better plays as opposed to just getting in a better groove and a better rhythm. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I definitely agree. I mean, it, it takes a little bit of time. And also, it's not just about calling plays. It's also understanding the personnel that you have and, and, and calling toward them, figuring out what you have. You know, uh, his, his idea of what C.D. Lamb was going into the season is probably not what it is right now. I mean, I mean even though he's been here th- his whole career, I mean, you're, you're seeing what C.D. can do with a Brandon Cooks, and with what Jake Ferguson's doing. So these players are evolving, and it's probably changing the play calling. It's not just, well, now I'm getting the hang of it again. It's also, you know, I mean, once you realize Jake Ferguson can make this play or this play, maybe we need to call it more, or maybe CD needs to have this play a little bit, or maybe Turpin now involved. So it's the the evolving of the players and this offense uh, just as much as it is getting back in the groove of calling plays. Right. I agree. I agree. But I'll hang up like right. uh, for you know taking my call. Have a great day. Thank you, Chris. Appreciate that. Uh, good stuff. All right. Well, that'll do it for our show today. I, I was talking about um, the the four players on the team at once that had Z E L L in their name. Pep, Pepe Zellner was mentioned, and Chris Brazel. Beam. Do you know the other two? He's busy doing other stuff. But I don't. You don't. One of them's name is Flozell Adams. Flozell. And then along those lines, we had a safety by the name of Izell Reese. Pepe Zellner, Flozell Adams, Izell Reese, Chris Brazel, all at once. That is why I was not a good student in school because I did my mind works like that instead of caring about American history or whatever. But speaking of um, you know, geography. Florida and Georgia with the tie today. Both had two callers from Florida and Georgia. Of course, we said it before, Germany should count twice, so we'll put them in as a tie since they called from overseas. Great great stuff. 11 calls, a lot of texts. You guys were awesome. As always, we'll be back tomorrow to talk more. Talk a little bit more about Cowboys and Panthers. And uh, anything else you want to talk about, we're here for it. For Chris Beam, I'm Nick Eatman. We will see you tomorrow on Cowboy Storyline. See you later. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.